Chapter Thirty One of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lafano. Chapter Thirty One Being a Short History of the Battle of Belmont that lasted for so many days wherein the belligerents showed so much constancy and valor and sometimes one side and sometimes t'other was victorious so jolly old general chatsworth was away to scarborough and matters went by no means pleasantly at belmont for there was strife between the ladies dangerfield cunning fellow went first to aunt becky with his proposal and aunt becky liked it determined it should prosper and took up and conducted the case with all her intimidating energy and ferocity but gertrude's character had begun to show itself of late in new and marvellous lights and she fought her aunt with cool but invincible courage and why should she marry and above all why marry that horrid grim old gentleman mr dangerfield no she had money enough of her own to walk through life in maiden meditation fancy free without being beholden to anybody for a sixpence why aunt rebecca herself had never married and was she not all the happier of her freedom aunt rebecca tried before the general went away to inflame and stir him up upon the subject but he had no capacity for coercion she almost regretted she had made him so docile she would leave the matter altogether to his daughter so aunt rebecca as usual took as we have said the carriage of the proceedings since the grand eclaircissement had taken place between mervyn and gertrude chatsworth they met with as slight and formal recognition as was possible consistently with courtesy puttock had now little to trouble him upon a topic which had once cost him some uneasiness and mervyn acquiesced serenely in the existing state of things and seemed disposed to be sweet upon pretty Lilius Walsingham, if that young lady had allowed it. But her father had dropped hints about his history and belongings, which surrounded him in her eyes with a sort of chill and dismal halo. There was something funeste and mysterious even in his beauty, and her spirits faltered and sank in his presence sometimes of the same unpleasant influence too or was it fancy she thought his approach seemed now to exercise upon gertrude also and that she too was unaccountably chilled and darkened by his handsome but ill-omened presence aunt becky was not a woman to be soon tired or even daunted the young lady's resistance put her upon her mettle and she was all the more determined that she suspected her niece had some secret motive for rejecting a partner in some respects so desirable sometimes it is true 
gertrude's resistance flagged but this was only the temporary acquiescence of fatigue and the battle was renewed with the old spirit on the next occasion and was all to be fought over again at breakfast there was generally as i may say an affair of piquettes and through the day a dropping fire sometimes rising to a skirmish but the social meal of supper was generally the period when for the most part these desultory hostilities blazed up into a general action the fortune of war as usual shifted sometimes gertrude left the parlor and effected a retreat to her bedroom sometimes it was aunt rebecca's turn to slam the door and leave the field to her adversary sometimes indeed aunt becky thought she had actually finished the exhausting campaign when her artillery had flamed and thundered over the prostrate enemy for a full half-hour unanswered but when at the close of the cannonade she marched up with drums beating and colors flying to occupy the position and fortify her victory she found much to her mortification that the foe had only as it were lain down to her shrapnels and canister flyover and the advance was arrested with the old volley and hurrah and there they were not an inch gained peppering away at one another as briskly as ever with a work to begin all over again you think i have neither eyes nor understanding but i can see young lady as well as another i madam i've eyes and some experience too and tis my simple duty to my brother and to the name i bear not to mention you niece to prevent if my influence or authority can do it the commission of a folly which i can't but suspect may possibly be mediated and which even you niece would live very quickly to repent gertrude did not answer she only looked a little doubtfully at her aunt with a gaze of deep uneasy inquiry that sort of insinuation seemed to disconcert her but she did not challenge her aunt to define her meaning and the attack was soon renewed at another point when gertrude walked down to the town to the king's house or even to see lily at this side of the bridge dominic the footman was ordered to trudge after her a sort of state she had never used in her little neighborly rambles and gertrude knew that her aunt catechized that confidential retainer daily under this sort of management the haughty girl winced and fretted and finally sulked grew taciturn and sarcastic and shut herself up altogether within the precincts of belmont End of chapter thirty one recording by john brandon